Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. And welcome to UFC First Strike right here on Visa. And I am your host, Dave Ross. And we've got a jam-packed hour to get you ready for UFC 264. All the betting angles with our experts, Lou Finnecaro, Reed Kuhn, Jordan Sherwood, and Johnny Avello. We'll be here to handicap everything that's going on in this massive card. And also we'll take a look with Johnny at the handle and what bets are coming in. Not just the main event, which of course is Conor McGregor against the Diamond Dustin Poirier. And before we talk about that trilogy fight tonight, and right now as we've seen on DraftKings all week, it's been a solid favorite here for the Diamond. And it really hasn't changed a whole lot here, plus money right now on the Irish challenger in Conor McGregor. Let's take a look back at how we got to this trilogy situation. You have to go all the way back to 2014 with the first time that these two guys got together. Now, again, they were featherweights at the time, just weighed 145 pounds. And a lot of people like to throw out that first fight and dismiss it, that it really doesn't have a bearing on your betting interest tonight. I think that would be fool's gold, because the first time around, the notorious one walked through Dustin the Diamond Poirier in a first-round knockout on his way to being the featherweight champion, of course, when he knocked out Jose Aldo, who was regarded as the greatest featherweight of all time at that time. He had to wait, Dustin Poirier, seven years to get his revenge, but he got it in January at Abu Dhabi, scoring a second-round knockout in that win. And immediately after, Conor McGregor asked for this trilogy bout. 
He's got it, and that does set the stage uh, tonight for this trilogy fight. So you're going to hear me talk in the the next hour about pathways to victory because before you lay down a wager, certainly on an underdog and a guy like Conor McGregor tonight, you have to figure out if there are actual pathways to victory. And for the Irish challenger here, I do think there are pathways to victory. It's not just that trip hammer left hand that he has, but he's got to go back to his mobility, and that's what made him such a dangerous guy early on in his career in his ascent to becoming the featherweight and then also the lightweight champion becoming the double champ at the time. We had never seen that before, a guy holding two belts at the exact same time. Poirier actually has more pathways to victory, and I think that's why you're seeing him established as the favorite in this one, and you can understand that. And most of the Sharps, as we've seen, we're going to talk to our experts about it, have been on the side of the diamond leading up to this fight tonight because obviously if the fight goes down to the ground, the diamond has a distinct advantage there. Again, if he does and is able to utilize those lead leg kicks like he did in Abu Dhabi, well, then that could also lead to the knockout, which he got in that second round. There are so many different ways that you can bet this fight tonight in this main event. We're going to go through those with our experts here uh, to figure out which way is the best way for you to maximize your money. You see the over-under there right now. If you do think this fight can go deeper into the night, that's at plus 110. Uh, Again, I think a lot of people think it'll be a quicker night. The first two fights have been quick fights. A five-round non-title fight again tonight in that trilogy. And we'll break down this from every angle possible. But again, it's a really deep card as well, as you could expect here in Las Vegas. I, I flew in last night, and you could feel it. There's an electricity in the air in this crowd and certainly going to be in the T-Mobile Arena tonight. Uh, on the co-main event, you've got the Wonder Boy Stephen Thompson taking on Dorino Gilbert Burns. This feels like potentially if Wonder Boy, who's right now a, a solid favorite in this fight, if he gets this win tonight, then maybe he could be in line for a title shot against Kamaru Usman. And I think that's the way the UFC would like to see this play out. But again, Gilbert Burns, before he contracted COVID, he was trucking cats left and right. So now... Even though he did lose to Kamaru Usman in his title shot, you feel like he's not that far away from possibly getting back in the title position. And a win tonight in upset fashion right now as the plus-135 dog would go a long way for Gilbert Burns to get right back in that title contention against Kamaru Usman. So those are two uh, big fights of note. Obviously, Greg Hardy in the heavyweight bout, he's also on this card against Tai Tuivasa. A very intriguing matchup here when you look at it. And I know Greg Hardy has had a shady past before he got into the UFC. But when you look at what he's done inside that octagon, he's commanding respect right now in this heavyweight division. And it'll be an interesting fight against the smaller guy in Taitui Vasa, who's not, this fight's not going to go down to the ground. We feel like somebody's going to get knocked out inside of the uh, requisite three rounds in this one. We'll also break down that fight uh, every which way possible. But of course, you are watching UFC First Strike Right here on VEASAN, I am Dave Ross, and it's a real pleasure right now to welcome in a guy that uh, I've watched from afar in Lou Finacaro. And uh, Lou, it's great to have you on the program here. I I really obviously respect your your views on these things. We might not always agree on who's going to win these fights, but I'm intrigued by what you were able to glean being here in Las Vegas. You were at the weigh-ins. You've seen the influx of the crowd. It's going to be a capacity crowd for the first time in Las Vegas since the pandemic. Lou, can you read into that what you saw from the Irishman I got no noise. and from Dustin the Diamond Poirier? And I don't know if we have a connection with Lou right now. We'll try to get Lou Finacaro back here uh, with us momentarily. But again, 
Uh, Lou is there. And again, it's we're not back to uh, pre-COVID times when anybody can just show up. Uh, you've had to go through uh, protocols and that sort of thing. Lou has been there uh, the whole week for us here at Visa, and he will be at the fight tonight. And uh, we're going to figure out if we can get Lou back on the air here in a second. But again, the only really noteworthy thing that we saw at the weigh-in from afar is uh, Irina Aldana missed weight, and she wasn't even close in her weight against Yana uh, Kuniskaya in this fight. And again, you look at challengers for Amanda Nunes, right? And maybe the winner of this fight could be back in that mix at 135 pounds. But look at Aldana. She came in at 139 and a hook there, not even close to that limit. And I'm always intrigued to see how bookmakers are, are going to play into that. Sometimes it is a distinct advantage for the heavier fighter to come in that did not get close uh, to making weight. And sometimes you almost feel like the fighter themselves feels like, I didn't really earn it. And I wonder mentally if they're in the, the correct place, uh, knowing that they missed weight. Yeah, you have to give up 20% of your purse. But uh, this will be a very interesting to, uh, fight here because – I really do look at it again, kind of like Wonderboy Thompson. They're trying to find somebody to fight Amanda Nunes at 135 pounds and possibly at 145 pounds. And this fight obviously will be at the 135 limit. Uh, so we'll see if, if Kunitskaya uh, could get this win. I think we could see that fight uh, being made at 135 pounds. But again, Aldana had all the buzz about her until she missed weight on Friday. We'll see if she's in uh, the right frame of mind here before you place that bet. We'll try to get Lou back because I am interested to get his thoughts on that. But a little bit more uh, very quickly on Connor and the diamond in this one. And again, I, I know that once you get inside the octagon and you close that door, you can't have those fight fans fighting with you. Now, because of the protocol, not all of the Irishmen and their fan base were able to make this trek over here to Las Vegas today. But don't be deterred if you're a Conor McGregor backer. He's going to have the fans on his side in this one. I know the diamond is from Louisiana. He's the American guy here, but it still feels like the Irish are going to be, uh, even if they're not here uh, personally, you still get the feeling that Connor will be the fan favorite. And I really do believe that that's going to play a small role in this fight because he does seem to feed off of that. And we'll see if it makes a difference uh, in this fight tonight, which again, the main card getting ready to start here uh, in just a matter of hours. I do believe that we're going to try to uh, see if we have our connection back with uh, Reed Kuhn, if we could have Reed join the program now and get his take on what's going to happen here at UFC 264. Um, and again, it's not all about the main event because for you as the wager, as the better out there, there are so many different ways that you can place your bets. It doesn't just have to be if you want to back uh, the diamond or if you want to back Connor. And uh, Reed, if you are with me now here on the UFC two, uh, two UFC two sixty four uh, fight preview special here, first strike. Reed, let's talk about that a little bit here. W when you do your models, and I know you did your final model after the weigh in, did it change for you after what you saw in the weigh ins? Usually, it's just because the lines tighten up a little bit that we see a little bit of swing, and also I take the first run well in advance, so there is room for the lines to, to move around a little bit. Um, overall, this card is not a huge card from a betting perspective, at least based on my approach. Um, that doesn't mean there's other ways to find value here. It just isn't going to be my biggest card of, of the last two months. Um, after the line movement, uh, odds are predictive. So that is an input to most analytical models in sports. Um, we loved Poirier as an underdog, <laughs> and we liked, him, we liked him last time at two to one. 
we still like him as a favorite. And so last night, looking at the, at the lines, there was just a slight bit of movement um, pushing his price up a little bit. It wasn't enough to push us out of backing him. So I'm not just picking Poirier. I'm still actually going to be betting on him. Uh, not a huge bet, a small bet, but still betting on him even even with a little bit of juice there. Yeah, you see it at minus 135 right now uh, for the diamond. Reed, I'm curious when you say that it wasn't enough of a movement to push you off that line there. What would that number be for you where you say, all right, maybe this is just too much exposure if I really want to back the diamond in this one? Yeah, it's, it's a totally valid question. It's just not quite how we run it. Uh, sometimes we might simulate what lines might be and where the threshold might be. Um, we're mostly looking at what is our... What is our prediction compared to the current market price? Um, now we can substitute other market prices to see where that threshold is. But if I'm running the model and then putting it, putting my bet in immediately, that's not quite how we do it. Sure. I would guess. I would guess it's in the you know minus. At this point, I'm looking at minus 170 ish. I think if we hit minus 200, that's where we completely back off. Um, look on paper, Conor McGregor is still a very dangerous striker, and that's not how I think this full fight will go down. I do think they're going to trade some leather, but I'm hoping that Poirier changes levels. And that's part of the game that we really haven't seen McGregor succeed in ever. Um, Maybe way back when, when he fought Max Holloway and was able to take him down, but he's been protected from wrestlers most of his career. And here we've got Poirier, who is a pretty slick grappler. um, And he didn't use a ton of it last fight. He didn't need to. This fight, I think both guys are going to be looking to get ahead of the strategy on the other one, and I think Poirier should be exploring changing levels. Right. I, I think there's an excellent point there, and it's exactly my thought process for Pathways to Victory for the Diamond in this one. Didn't have to utilize the wrestling, certainly in the first time around back in 2014 when he got knocked out. I'm sure he would have liked to at that point. I'm with you on that one. I think you could see a stylistic change-up tonight uh, in that regard. Let's go to the co-main event here uh, with Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson. What are you seeing there with your models? Yeah, I like the underdog here. And again, we have the grappling advantage playing a role. In this case, I think it's even more pronounced than in the main event. Burns is a decorated submission grappler. And Wonderboy is a decorated long-range striker and, ha- and has never really dabbled in the ground game. Um, but his takedown defense has historically been pretty good. He, he does a great job at maintaining distance, keeping the fight where he wants it, he has been taken down. Um, he does get up pretty well, I would say. Burns, on the other hand, being a world-class grappler, developed hands that were almost on par. He starts finishing guys with his hands, or at least doing damage with his hands and setting up finishes. Um, I think he got a little too comfortable with that. I think he realized he had a weapon and he wanted to use it. Uh, I think if he is smart, he goes back to his base. He goes to the ground game and the underdog with a massive grappling advantage is always something you got to look at. So yes, I, I was one of those people that thought wonder boy deserved a title shot. Uh, I thought he makes an interesting matchup with Kamaru Usman for a title, but Burns is a bad matchup. You know, this, this is an expensive fight for wonder boy. He could lose the title shot to just frankly, a, a better ground artist. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I see it the same way with Burns that you do with the modeling there. I do want to get to some of your other picks here, Reed. Let's talk about Maya against I in this one. Uh, what do you make of this fight? What are you seeing? Yeah, Maya has been a, a pretty clear favorite. Uh, one of the stronger lines on the card, on a, otherwise a whole fight card of fairly close lines, with the exception of O'Malley. Um, 
I'm backing Maya here. I think there's even some value, even though her price is a little bit inflated. Both girls are fairly aggressive strikers. They both like to push the pace. They like to outwork their opponent. Maya is a little bit more accurate with her hands. Um, I don't really see a ton of ground game from both girls. They are hesitant to go to the ground or at least not as confident going to the ground as most fighters in terms of the average takedown rate. But that's not to say that Maya is incompetent. I mean, I think anybody coming from Brazil is going to be (laughs) decent on the mat. Right. Um, I I just see enough edges all over. I I don't see this as a blowout. Um, In fact, both women's matchups this week, I think, are fairly tight on paper. And I don't see a finish. I think both of them hit the over, although you're going to have to pay a lot to get that. Maybe that's more parlay fodder. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm leading Jennifer Maya here. I think there's still a little bit of value in the, in the current line. Unless it goes crazy, people start throwing her in parlays. I don't think that's going to happen. I think minus 200 is still a reasonable price, price to play. Uh, just not going to go crazy on it. All right, Reed, great insight as always. Really appreciate the time. And, again, we want to remind you that DraftKings uh, Sportsbook is bringing you plenty of ways to get in on the action during UFC 264. For this fight only, new DraftKings uh, customers can bet $1 to win 264 on either main event fighter to win by first-round KO, but you got to use the promo code VEASAN when you sign up today. DraftKings Sportsbook, bet with the only top-rated sportsbook app that matters. We are going to bring in Lou Finicaro now. I believe we do have our connection back, Lou. Uh, let's get back to that main event. And I was curious because obviously you've been in that bubble situation this week. You were at the weigh-ins. Were you able to glean anything from those, Lou? Did it change your opinion after what you saw at the weigh-ins? Yes, f- fighter weigh-ins, Dave, uh, as well as the interviews on Wednesday, uh, offer tremendous insight for those that are there. There are still ways to research that via the Internet and the various MMA sites, but to be there is really uh, advantageous, in my opinion. Uh, you know, we saw that Aldana missed the weight cut. Three and a half pounds is pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. As well, uh, Greg Hardy had a pretty uh, tough weight cut. Uh, he masked himself pretty well on the scale, but afterwards was showing some signs of recovery. That said, then at the stare downs eight hours later, Hardy looked uh, replenished and, and back. And Aldana, I think, is, uh, to be honest, pining for a little bit of advantage, coming in three and a half pounds heavier than a girl that's going to want to try and push her against the fence. Yeah, that's a really interesting observation because I'm always curious, Lou, the fighters themselves, if they're almost embarrassed because they didn't make weight. And she didn't even get close to making weight. So you do think, though, that's going to play into her advantage, Aldana, and maybe uh, that you should see some action coming in on her because she is just now the bigger, heavier fighter, fighter in, this, in this matchup against Kunitskaya. Yeah, she's the bigger, taller, longer fighter. Now you're adding some weight. And not only are you adding a little bit of weight, but she does not now have to go through the duress of losing that three and a half pounds. So it's really a double benefit. Uh, in exchange for 30% of her purse, which is the fine that Aldana's going to incur, now she'll be more focused and more motivated to win this fight if she wasn't already. Let's also remember Aldana's a Mexican, and there's a vein of Mexican pride running mm-hmm. through the UFC right now in lieu of Brandon Moreno's recent championship. Yeah, absolutely, Lou. Great point there. I do want to get to some of your best bets. What are you seeing? What are you liking so far when you look at this card? 
the first thing I'll start with is the main event, and I, I, it's been it's been mentioned that I've been uh, a Poye backer, and I want to I want to break that myth right now. I see a path to victory for both fighters here, and and while I'll lean Poirier, I'll go on record right now as saying unless that price gets to plus 100 Poye or dog price, I'm not going to bet a side. I'm very interested in the total here. One and a half, I believe, does not accurately reflect Connor's improvement, Poirier's durability, and a 30-foot cage. Mm. Those three things manifest themselves to me to an over and to a clear over. And so I would recommend an over two and a half that can be found at Will, William Hill or other places, uh, plus 110. I'm confident that the durability of Poirier as well, his game plan is going to need to make this thing go deep. I believe he's going to absolutely in the first round start out by wrestling and making Connor uh, work. And yet I believe that Connor is going to improve off of the last showing and use his movement, use the karate stance, get off that front leg a little bit. And that means movement and distance. And I also think that means time and therefore over. You know, Lou, it's interesting because we just had Reed Kuhn on and he agrees with you as well. And I do too, that we're going to see the wrestling by the diamond tonight, something we have not seen so far in those first two fights. And I think that overplay is a smart play there. Try to stretch this fight out. Now, Reed likes uh, Dorino in the co-main event here. I know you're looking the other way here with Wonderboy. What makes you think that Steven Thompson's the right play here? Well, first of all, I think it's better TV and production if we don't all agree. And and if I had a crystal ball and knew who was going to win, then I would talk you guys off of your picks. Right. Uh, but I don't have that. Uh, what what I how I handicap this fight is is just a couple of points. As far as the uh, Gilbert Burns side, Burns is undersized as a welterweight. He's a 160 pound fighter, so he's a tweener. He's also at the 155 pound division has unusually short reach at 170 he's really giving up reach and these fights start on the feet Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in that larger ring with his tall long length movement athleticism and precision striking I think is this fight's going to look like a bull in a matador because Gill knows that uh, sure, he found his hands in a few fights, but it was against Maya and, and some other really fighters that I don't regard as the same level of competition that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has faced. And Gil's going to have to rush in and get in to clasp and clinch, and that's where he's going to find trouble against a guy that's simply too big, too athletic, too experienced and too skilled. I think this should be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson minus 200. Woo. Very quickly, Lou, got less than about 45 seconds here to go. Do you think this fight goes the distance? Because that's the way Wonderboy normally likes to, to carry the, the opponent away, avoid contact early. Do you like that over two and a half right now? You know, I, I really would have used that as opposed to the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Dave, except that I'm afraid of getting too specific in this fight because Gill could run into a shin. Yeah. I really mean that. It, later on in this fight, as he if he gets down around around and a half, he's going to get desperate and force the engagement, and that is a terrible, terrible recipe. Well, Lou, I'm glad we got you back on the line. Now you can't go anywhere. We're going to get you back on later on this hour. As we continue with First Strike here, our UFC 264 preview special. Of course, coming up next, Jordan Sherwood coming up. And Johnny Avello is going to uh, join us a little bit later to break down this huge fight card. You're watching UFC First Strike right here on Visa.
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Welcome back to UFC First Strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross, as we get you all set for UFC 264, the trilogy between Dustin the Diamond Poirier and the notorious one, Conor McGregor. Now joined by Jordan Sherwood to help break down this card tonight. And Jordan, I feel like if you are a Conor McGregor backer, at least here on Visa this week, you're in the minority here. Uh, when you look at this fight, how do you break it down? And what way do you see some value in this main event tonight? Yeah, I'm also with the majority of us siding with <laughs> Dustin Poirier. Uh, you know, I was lucky enough to grab him early on uh, when he was plus money. I still love him as uh, the betting favorite, even as high as I would throw down a dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five in some spots. But obviously, as now we're looking at it, the public money did not come in on Conor McGregor, so clearly the betting value is on Dustin Poirier inside the distance. You know, whether you want to just do it inside the distance overall or you have faith in a, in a similar fashion uh, fight playing out via knockout, or if you want to go a little bit riskier, 6-1, to 7-1 as a submission win. We've seen Connor get submitted before, and we know Dustin's well-versed on the ground. 
that's clearly where the value is. I, I don't see how this fight would go five rounds to the judges' scorecards with Dustin winning it. So in my opinion, because I've been backing Dustin Poirier this entire uh, when the fight was announced, I like him inside the distance because that's where the value is. Yeah, it feels like that's where the consensus is, Jordan. Now, let's go to the co-main, and I feel like this is where we're getting some splits, right? We got some guys I like Burns, some guys I like Wonderboy here. Which way do you see this going down tonight? Yeah, yeah, I disagree with Reed. I, I was listening to him a little bit earlier on, and, and I think everything he pointed to the attributes about Stephen Wonderboy Thompson having the advantage, the striking advantage, the three-inch reach advantage, the takedown defense, um, and Gilbert Burns being in love with his hands, I think that that speaks to a three-round unanimous decision victory for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because we're going to see a kickboxing match, which is obviously uh, his backyard. Now, granted, if, if Gilbert Burns is able to get this fight to the ground, he's got the advantage all day. Uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has never been in there with a guy with the credentials of Gilbert Burns. I just don't see how the fight gets to the ground, and if it gets to the ground, if it stays on the ground. So my face is in Wonderboy. I think that, that he knows the importance, as you guys were alluding to, of this matchup. He wins. He's fighting Kamara Usman for the championship. Uh, so I, I, I like him. I like the advantages that he has and what I've seen from his history inside the octagon. So I back Stephen Wonderboy Thompson later on tonight. Yeah, after his title shots against Tyron Woodley back in the day, I don't think anybody thought the Wonderboy would be back in this position, but he is tonight. It's a huge fight for him as you mentioned, potentially get that title shot. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, what should be a wild fight when you look at Price and Pereira here. Uh, which way do you see this fight going down? Well, I think someone's getting knocked out. That's for <laughs> sure. I mean, you're talking about two outstanding finishers between Pereira uh, and um, Nico Price. My concern was Pereira on the scales. And granted, he was the last guy to weigh in, but he looked fine at the weigh-ins. And obviously, you know, being able to replenish several hours later, he looked like a monster. Look, the best thing that ever happened to him was the fight he lost to Tristan Connolly when he was dancing his way to the octagon and tired himself out after a round. This guy is a new fighter. This guy is a monster. He is a lethal striker and a pretty gosh darn good grappler as well. Nico Price likes firefights. Pahey is going to give him one. Uh, and I like him. I like him inside the distance. And I like certainly the under at two and a half. It's a dollar fifty right now last I checked. So, that's my play for sure. As much as I like Nico Price as a person and a fighter, uh, I, I like for hey, I, I think he wins this fight and wins it pretty handily. Let's not neglect the ladies here in this one. Jessica I now training out here in Las Vegas, uh, taking on Jennifer Maya. Intriguing bout here. I obviously lost the title shot that she had against Shevchenko a couple years ago. How do you see this fight playing out? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, again, I, I, a similar stance that I had. I think Reed was talking about it earlier on with you guys. Uh, I like Jennifer Maya. I certainly still think she has value at the, the $2 that, the, that you have to lay. But I, I've seen her at plus money via decision. So I think that's the route I'm going to go because I don't see a finish happening. Here's what I'll say. Maya's not an outstanding grappler, but Jessica I has been taken down in nearly every single fight that she's had inside the octagon. So I believe Maya, who has the striking advantage, you know, more more attributes, more ways to, to be able to strike. Just guy's more of a boxer, traditional boxer in that sense. So I think Maya will outstrike her, and then when she wants to, she can take this fight to the ground and control Jessica I. And Jessica I always has an excuse. This week it was that <laughs> she's no an excuse like this is how I'm going to perform. I'm going. I've known. Look, I've known Jessica since she was an amateur fighter right. in Cleveland. I met her as an amateur in Cleveland, and I was told she was going to be a future champion. But I just, this week it's, oh, I'm eating right, my diet eating right. 
whatever. I like Maya. I like her all day. Yeah, I'm with you. I have an affinity for I as well, but I think you broke down the way you should break it down. Jordan Sherwood, appreciate the time and the information. Of course, don't go anywhere. I'm going to have Johnny Avello coming up next to talk about the handle that we're seeing so far in UFC 264. And you're watching First Strike right here on Visa. is your UFC betting headquarters and right now you can get our free UFC 264 betting guide with in-depth analysis of the McGregor Poirier main event plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts sign up for the free visa newsletter to instantly receive your digital UFC 264 guide plus daily betting updates at vison.com slash free that's vison.com slash free it is UFC 264 first strike I am Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook it is a pleasure to be joined by Johnny Avello and Johnny, I'm always curious, obviously, when you've got Conor McGregor, you know that's where the handle is going to be coming in, a lot of action coming in there. Are you seeing a lot of that? Because obviously, uh, Vegas for the first time, full capacity. How has the handle been for Poirier and McGregor so far? Dave, the handle's been spectacular. I expect this to be one of the biggest betting fight cards of all time. Uh, we open this a pick and then. You know, we're, we're up to minus 142 now on Poirier. Now, it sounds like we're really heavy on Poirier. We are not uh, because once we get up to a, a plus on McGregor, then the money comes in on him. Because uh, you don't get McGregor at a plus too often, and <laughs> the, our players are feeling that there's uh, some value there with him. No question, Johnny. And again, we haven't seen it yet because the Irish, obviously with COVID protocols, have not made their way to Vegas like we expected them to do. Do you still expect, though, to be a late rush of money on Connor? I do. Uh, it's not only the Irish, it's the Italians, it's the <laughs> English, it's, a, it's everyone. Um, he's a popular guy. You right. know? He's, he's a popular guy and he's focused. And I think if you go back and try to handicap this, uh, he fought Diaz back in 2016 and lost, and he came back with a quick fight in five months. And so I think he's trying those same tactics here, and hopefully he feels that maybe this this will work out for him because he'll he can stay focused. Um, if you're handicapping it that way, and he ends up getting the W, it worked out for you. And another thing is you got to think he's super focused because if he's not, this could be his last fight. Yeah, as a relevant fighter, I'm totally with you there, Johnny. Are, are you seeing? that the public betting so far, is it coming in on Connor and are the Sharps staying to the side of the diamond? Uh, no, I would not say that. Uh, I would say that the initial bet uh, was from the Sharps. You know, we opened up a pick. They thought that was cheap. Uh, but after that, I, I'd say it's just been a good mix all around uh, from both Sharps and uh, uh, unsophisticated players. I would say mostly unsophisticated players. Um, the Sharps will jump in again if they find the right price or the price gets too high. They could have the opportunity for either an arbitrage or uh, just think that, the you know, there's super value on one side. Johnny, obviously talking to our experts and just getting the feel for the fight, you get the feeling that if you want to go and, and not play the fight but play the over-under here for the rounds, as you're seeing here, look, the first two fights were quick fights. 
Are you seeing a lot of action coming in right now? You can still get plus money if you like it to go under a round and a half. Which way are you seeing the volume come in there? Well, I'll tell you where, we, where we're really loaded up on the money. We've got a prop out there that says the fight to end in the first 60 seconds of wow. round one. Yeah, that thing is loaded. Uh, last I looked, we were close to 100%. So somewhere between 95 and 100% of the money was on that that was going to happen. Uh, so, you know, nine to one, they're, they're, they're feeling that if McGregor's going to do this, he's going to do it quick. I guess that's a way to handicap it, right? Cause the longer it goes, probably his chances lessen. I, I agree with you hundred percent. If you're a Connor backer, it's probably going to get done earlier. You would think he, I just can't see a scenario where he pulls it out late. Now he did do that, as you mentioned against Nate Diaz in that rematch, but I don't know that history is going to repeat on that angle there. Uh, Johnny, I am curious when you look at the, uh, the co-main event here in the three-round fight between the Wonder Boy and uh, Dorino Gilbert Burns here, we're split as a panel. Is the public in the tickets you're seeing coming in, are they split as well? Uh, they, close. Uh, Thompson is, I think he's probably 60. Uh, Thompson has about 48% of the money, I think, and it's 52 the other side on Burns. So also a very balanced fight. I don't believe these fights are going to end up balanced. Uh, they've been balanced since we've had them up, and we're getting great two-way, which as a bookmaker I love, but I don't think that's the way it's going to end up. Um, but, yeah, another great fight. Uh, you know, this certainly could have been the, the main event in any other card. Um, so I believe, and as I said that as we came on, I believe this will be one of the top betting uh, cards of all time. Now, a uh, lot of things attribute to that. First of all, in Vegas, T-Mobile, uh, you know, everybody back in, in the stands again, uh, and a lot going on today that surrounds this fight. You know, we got some baseball going, and mm -hmm. we, just, uh, we have some tennis going. So the people that like action, they're going to have action all day right up into the final event. I do want to ask you very quickly about uh, one fighter we haven't talked about yet on the card, and that is the Sugar Show, the return of Sean O'Malley to this one. And on DraftKings right now, he's minus 910, Johnny, minus 910. So for my money, I can't give up nine bucks plus uh, to get a, a, a dollar back on him. Is there a liability right now that you're seeing? Because he is kind of billed as the next Conor McGregor and a very popular fighter indeed. Yeah, we are seeing money on that. We opened 835. Now, Dave, the only reason you don't want to lay to 910 is because <laughs> it's too much delay to win too little. Right. But, you know, this fight looks like a given. I, you know, he he's fighting an opponent that uh, the opponent that they had to throw in there because of a cancellation. Uh, you know, this opponent is unknown. It's I mean, everything looks like he should get there. Strange things happen. We always know that big, big favorites lose from time to time. But uh, I don't know. This It kind of looks like easy money. It, it does have that feel to it, but again, you've got to have some serious gumption to lay that price, as you mentioned, Johnny. You, clearly, you can tell I'm a little scared of that one. Uh, we saw that Aldana missed weight here in this one. Uh, she's getting it, it ready to take on Kunitskaya here. How do you handicap that when you see a fighter miss weight, and is that affecting the tickets that you're seeing come in? Well, i got to tell you, this fight has some of the most movement of any fight on the card. Uh, you know, Aldana is now the favorite in this fight, uh, minus 115. Uh, Kusinsky is minus 107. So big move on this, on Aldana, so, uh, or actually on uh, Kunitskaya, uh, because Aldana was about $1.45 or 50 when we opened this up. So 
uh, late move here. Yeah, and that always surprises me how that moves because of the weight miss. And again, she didn't get close to that. I think it was about two and a half pounds uh, over that limit. So it's always interesting to see uh, the way the handles go. Uh, Johnny, again, you mentioned it, that you really believe so far this year this is going to be the biggest uh, fight card you're going to see action-wise. Is it solely because of Connor, or is it because of all the factors of, of the Vegas reopening and having a, a max capacity crowd, or do you really attribute it to the Irishman in, in this trilogy fight against the Diamond? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both of those. Uh, McGregor draws a crowd. Uh, one of the fan favorites in the MMA for you know since he hit the scene. Uh, being in Vegas at the T-Mobile, I've talked to a lot of people that have come to town just for this fight. So, you know, I attribute it to both of those factors. Johnny Vela, really appreciate the time and the information. You are watching First Strike right here on VEASAN. Back with more in a moment. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.
DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing you plenty of ways to get in on the action during UFC 264. For this fight only, new DraftKings customers can bet $1 to win $264 on either main event fighter to win by first-round KO. Just use the promo code VEASAN when you sign up today. DraftKings Sportsbook bet with the only top-rated sportsbook app that matters. Dave Ross back with you here. It is UFC First Strike as we get you set for UFC 264. Lou Finacaro rejoins us now. And Lou, I want to talk about some prop focuses here as we look at this card here, and certainly with Connor and uh, with the diamond here. The type of finish in the round of betting and maybe the over-under bets that you have here. When you look at the focus here, give me a fighter's chance, maybe the barking dog that you see here. Uh, which way would you go when you're looking at maybe uh, the type of finish that you see, first of all, with the main event? Boy, that's a great question. Uh, I've I've really uh, settled and embraced the over. I, I feel strong about the over. Uh, that said, I'm nervous about being bold about the finish. And while it makes sense that one's going to finish the other, I do my best to project what's going to happen in this fight. And fights can be unpredictable. Uh, gun to my head, you know, maybe one of the guys in three or four. But I would I would really aim to take a big bite out of either one of them via decision because I don't think that's as out of the question as everyone thinks it is. Wow. Again, I'm the contrarian here, and I know I listen to, to all the experts here on the show. I'm taking Connor in this one, Lou, and, and I know that that uh, is going against what, what the Sharps feel. I just feel like every great fighter has one great fight left in them, and uh, for that reason, I've got to go with Connor at the plus money in this one. And again, I, I like the diamond over there in Abu Dhabi, kind of that real sterile environment. It's not going to be sterile. You know it. You're there. It's going to be a hostile environment tonight. I know that people don't think that's going to affect the diamond in this one. But I do like Connor. I do like him to get a finish. And so for that reason, instead of taking Connor at just a small plus money, I'm going to take him around that plus 140 to get the KO or the TKO in this one. And I know I'm back in Connor one last time in this one, but to me, it feels like the value is there for a motivated fighter in this one. I'm going to go against the diamond here. I do want to get your uh, puncher's chance here, and I want to look at your big dog of the night here. Uh, when you look at a big dog and, a dog and say like Ryan Hall, who's at plus 195, or Rivera at plus 260, give me your biggest dog that's got a, uh, some bark here tonight. I think each of those has a, a really a much better chance than their price indicates. Uh, Ryan Hall uh, looks like Stan Laurel, and he's he's an unusual, quirky kind of a guy, but he's an absolute Brazilian jiu-jitsu killer. And he's in against a kid 10-0, young, ambitious, strong, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt himself. Uh, but I don't believe that the young man who's giving away four inches of height etc to Hall is paying Hall any respect whatsoever and for that reason I think Hall's a good position as well Jerome Rivera longer taller totally motivated for this fight he's been KO'd a couple of times in against a guy in Juma Gulov that should not be a 300 favorite against anyone in that division yeah very interesting breakdown there Lou I was looking at this and this really uh, just piqued my curiosity when I look at fights uh, potentially with a finish, and whether or not we think these these are going to end uh, before they hit their extinction, whether it's a three-round fight or the main event, a five-round fight. Now, in the Poirier-McGregor fight, 
Uh, to have a finish, they believe it's going to happen at minus 400. You see the overwhelming odds there. Uh, you see uh, Tuivasa and Hardy at minus 190 and Burns and Thompson at plus 100. Uh, do you see any value in those three? Which way would you go there? If I had to make my choice, uh, Greg Hardy, even though he did have a little bit of issue with his cut, he is completely irate uh, <laughs> for reasons of his own nature. He came in with a chip, and he's going to get a guy that's going to acquiesce him by standing there looking at him and trading, which is a mistake. So I would go for Greg Hardy. Yeah, I love your analysis there because you're right. Tuivasa is not going to take this fight down to the ground. That fight's just not going to go down that way. So somebody, it feels like, in that three-round duration is going to get knocked out. And I agree. I know it's minus 400, but I just can't see a scenario there. The odds are that it's not going to go the distance and not going to be decided by decision. I tend to agree with that. Uh, How about some exact results here? And I'm going to give you some choices here, Lou, uh, that are very intriguing. Obviously, O'Malley, we talked a little bit about the Sugar Show. We'll talk a little bit more about that. By KO, TKO, or a disqualification, remember it's a three-round fight here, minus 278, or you can go McGregor via KO, TKO, or DQ at plus 140. That's where I'm leaning, as I just alluded to. Or Max Griffin to get a finish at plus 250, or Hall via submission, plus 300. What do you make of these numbers? Uh, I love the bottom three because they all have plus numbers in front of them. Uh, O'Malley will probably finish this young man because the young man's coming in spirited and going to stand there with him. Um, I would, I would think that my fate, my pick out of those is Griffin to win by finish. Uh, it's more uh, a, a, an opinion for the momentum that Griffin has been experiencing coupled with Condit's uh, attrition. He's taken a lot of damage in his career and he's going to come right out there and engage. And that may not be the best way to, uh, to address uh, Max Payne Griffin. Yeah, very quickly on to that end, I look at the Sugar Show here against Chris Moitinho, and to me, Lou, as, and I mentioned this with Johnny Avello a couple moments ago, I just, for my blood, I can't lay the minus 910 that we're seeing at DraftKings right now, right? So the way I kind of look at that fight, Lou, and I, I wonder if you agree, because stylistically it looks like it's going to be very crazy, Chris Moitinho's making his UFC debut, I kind of feel like there's going to be some sort of feeling out process, and even if, there, if there's wild exchanges, I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of contact early. So I kind of like the over in this one, and you see the plus value that you get in the return there at plus 155. Do you like where I'm going there? Do you think my head's in a good space there instead of laying the 910 if you're a Sugar Show uh, backer here? I love the fact that you're trying to get off laying nine ten, right. which is what any intelligent gambler needs to do. However, um, the market underestimates O'Malley, and O'Malley should not be underestimated. So I'm I'm going to agree with you that we got to get off nine ten, but I'm not necessarily going to agree uh, uh, on the other side. Uh, that, that's totally fair. Again, uh, we mentioned a little bit uh, Max Griffin against Carlos Condit. I do did want to get your views on that fight here, because obviously when you got a guy like the natural born killer and Carlos Condit, he's a fan favorite, but he's getting a little bit long in the tooth here. And we don't know that this might be the last time we see him in the octagon plus money on the natural born killer. Do you like his chances of getting an upset here? 
I do not. I think that uh, he's placed into this position for a specific reason with Griffin, and that's because these two guys come, and it's like two rams on the side of a mountain banging heads. <laughs> they are going to engage in the middle. Condit has no fear. And with that, uh, he's been a little bit inactive overcoming some of these injuries, and his last couple of wins have been reasonable, but not against tip-top competition. Meanwhile, Griffin has had a couple of impressive finishes and he's on a really uh, strong ascent uh, his momentum and explosion I think will be the difference well when you look at this whole card and, and what I like and what I've really grown to appreciate about your analysis is you're going to look for that value you're going to find that plus money somewhere that maybe is a little bit off the beaten path is there another fight that you see and I've identified on this card that you really think maybe the public is sleeping on that you can get some good value still well, I, I really would point to Ryan Hall. I, I think that that's a great opportunity there. Uh, the other fight that uh, I would maybe take us to uh, is Pereira and Price. Now, value usually to me comes in the form of a mispriced fight or a great underdog that isn't getting his respect. In this case, uh, this fight was mispriced at the opener with Pereira minus 140, minus 150. After he made the weigh-ins, and looked impressive doing so, even though he took the full two hours. Uh, this kid's explosive, and provided he comes focused as he did in his last fight against Chaos Williams, I think he's in a really, really good position here. I don't often recommend value in a favorite, but I think between Max Griffin and Michelle Pereira, you have value in two favorites. Uh, it was interesting when I was talking to Johnny just a second ago, Lou, and it just talking about just the atmosphere here in Vegas, being back full capacity, that sort of thing. I mentioned off the top that you've been there this week. Uh, are you getting that sense that not only is Vegas back, but with Connor back, the handles are back, the fans are back, the wagers are back? Does this feel like pre-pandemic that we're going to see tonight at UFC 264? It, it, it totally does. And I've been coming here regularly for the last year and a half. And so I've seen this really look terrible. And now it's so encouraging to see everyone working, moving, and we got to, you know, we can get some Ubers and Lyfts going a little <laughs> bit better around here, but there's going to be some pain, but uh, we're back. This is going to be an excellent, excellent fight card. And one thing I'll say about the interviews, every single fighter asked commented how excited they were to be in front of fans. So the fighters are as excited as the masses that are going to pack the stadium. Yeah, I'm with you there, Lou, because, you know, when you, when you talk to the fighters, and again, I, I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of the fighters in Abu Dhabi, it still felt like a different feel because they knew they were not going to be in front of a raucous crowd like you're going to be there uh, tonight. Again, uh, the main event, of course, is the trilogy fight. It is Conor McGregor against the Dustin, the Diamond for you. I just want to get your final thoughts before we wrap up here on First Strike. Uh, your biggest takeaway from that fight would be, I know you're on the Diamond, but what is your biggest takeaway that you expect to see happen in the main event? I'm not on the diamond unless he gets to plus 100 or better. I'm on the over in this fight. And I, I really want people to understand that I'm not suggesting Poirier unless they get to plus 100 or better. What I expect in this fight is to see dynamic improvement from McGregor and to see dynamic wrestling and a change of plan by Poirier. Poirier must tire McGregor out. McGregor's got to use space and distance to set Poirier out. Poirier gets hit. If Gaethje can flush him numerous times, McGregor can paint him. So 
Poirier has to be very, very diligent here. Don't be surprised if this fight goes to four or five. Wow, Lou Finnecar, really appreciate the time and the information. Enjoy the fight tonight. And I want to thank Lou and Jordan Sherwood and Reed Kuhn and Johnny Avello for joining me here. And Brian Rogers, and certainly a shout-out to our producer, Britton Hess. Everybody, enjoy the fights tonight. You've been watching First Strike right here on Visa. about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 